Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm good, uh, in part because uh, we're doing a, a in the news um, a shorty. In the I, I news. Like, I like to call them shorties. I, I, and I like to call them in the news. Yeah, I, maybe it's because um, it reminds me of um, uh, uh, military uh, planes. Um, uh, they, they called them sorties, okay? Ah. The, 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 Brit, the, the British would go ahead and call them. And they have know, a sortie when they're yes, all going yeah, out and yeah, fighting. Yeah, yes, right? But nevertheless, um, uh, 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 listeners, this particular podcast episode uh, in the news is about the recently completed midterm elections here in the United States. Aha. Yes. You said a word, yes. and I'm going to take umbrage with it. Oh, oh, no. Which is completed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I do not believe they have been completed. You're, I think what Augie meant to say was mostly completed, like well, being the, mostly the, dead the, from the, the, the Princess the Bride, right? He's the, only mostly dead. The, the, I think the, they're mostly completed. Well, the voters did their job. What, right. ha, what has not been completed, okay, is the count is the count so, one ah, 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 okay so uh, uh as nia points out there are some midterm elections election results that have not been made official or final because election officials in various states and jurisdictions are still counting the votes and this reflects the fact that in the united states um we have a wide array of methods for people to cast their ballots. And some states actually allow you to, for instance, mail your vote the day of the election, which meant that depending on how good the postal service is in a particular jurisdiction, election officials may not have received the results until- <laughs> Three, four, five, six five, days, days later. That later, right? Yeah, because it had to be by midnight on the day of the, or no, when the poll closed on the day of the elections, which actually the post office is not open that late anyway, so it would have been close of business on election day. But, but and yeah, then and then and then in some, it's so tight that like they they they're recounting. Yes, they're doing because recounting. the numbers are so close, percentage wise. And that in, and there's some, that it's a statistical error. They have to try to figure out what to do if there's a tie or what to do if there's, you know, that kind of thing. Well, then you also have the other issue, which we discussed in a previous podcast episode. Many states and local government jurisdictions um, just uh, don't uh, have enough money to hire all the staff that they need um, to count all the ballots so that it takes them a while. Well, and yes. also Georgia, you uh, lunatics, we're looking at you because if nobody gets a 50% threshold, they go to a runoff and that doesn't happen till December. Yes. So the Senate isn't decided yet, right? Or is it decided? Wait, well, no, it is decided. It is decided. And we'll, okay, so let's start with the United States Senate. Okay. Oh, okay. We're going to start with the Senate. Yay, okay. Senate. Okay. And, 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 uh, so. Uh, in November, uh, uh, or the, the, uh, uh, for the midterms uh, this year, uh, the, and, and again, I'm going to take listeners back, one third of the Senate 
every two years is um, up for election. Um, and the way they basically break it down, uh, this year there were 35 seats that were up for election. Um, in part, that reflects the fact that the aforementioned Georgia Senate seat, okay, um, this was the completion or uh, of um, a previously vacant um, Senate seat. So Warnick got to serve for a couple years, but now, you know, this is for the full six-year term, all right? Right. So one-third of the seats were contested. Uh, prior to the election, um, the uh, seats in the United States Senate were split 50-50. Um, there were 50 uh, in the Democratic group or caucus. That's how political scientists refer to it. Um, uh, comprised of 48 Democrats plus two independents, uh, Bernie Sanders and Angus King, um, who caucus with the Democrats. And then there were 50 Republicans. So effectively, control of the Senate was Democratic because the vice president, Nia, is? Kamala Harris, who is a Democrat. That's right. So now, of these 35 seats that were up for election, 21 were held by Republican senators. Um, so uh, the uh, Republican Party had uh, more seats to defend, okay, more seats to defend. Now, as of today- and We're not gonna go into the details of money that gets spent on these things, but we're talking millions and millions of dollars sloshing around in the election. Yes. Yeah. I right. Mean, and so if you have 21 seats versus 14 seats, you have to spend a lot more money. Yes. Trying yeah. to defend those seats. Yes. Um, right. Yeah. So the so Mitch McConnell was was pouring money into Senate seats. And in and, and some of those 21 seats, Nia, were in states that Joe Biden actually won in 2020. Which made them contested. That's yeah. what we call contested, contested right? Yes. Is when, is when there's a possibility that the seat could change positions from Democrat mm -hmm. to Republican or Republican to Democrat, yes. um, as opposed to uncontested seats, which are in safe districts, or um, or, or, or or safe states. So or safe states. Yeah, you know, in California. Alabama is not going to. Well, actually, Alabama did leap up and have a Democrat. I was about to say Alabama is not going to have a Democrat, but they did. Well, um, but a, 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 to a the Senate, but you know, for instance, Mississippi, right? Right. It's, it's going to be a while before Mississippians are going to see a Democratic senator, right? Uh, likewise, you know, California. Um, if you're a Republican, chances are you're not going to see a member of your party represent that state in the United States Senate anytime soon. Right. Okay. So contested states. Yeah. What we either think of as red or blue. Well, blue. Yes. Red. It's being the Republican. purples that we that that are in question. Yeah. The red uh, represents uh, the Republican Party. Blue represents the Democratic Party. As of the day and time that we are recording this podcast episode. It's already been announced that after these, uh, 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 after the voting, um, the Democratic Party will have at least 50 seats in the next United States Senate. Um, they actually um, uh, picked one up. Yeah, they picked up uh, the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, they picked up the state of Pennsylvania. Um, which, which was the Mehmet Oz 
uh, John um, Fetterman. John election, Fetterman race. And uh, Fetterman to, won that. Yeah, to uh, fill the seat uh, for the retiring Republican Senator, Pat Toomey. Yep. So, so at best, the Democratic Party, depending on the Georgia runoff election, the first week of December, will have 51. At worst, it will yep. remain 50-50. Because if Herschel Walker wins, the Republicans would have flipped Georgia. So for all that money, Nia, to your point, all that millions of dollars that were spent. They end up right back where they were. were. <laughs> that's their best case scenario. Yeah, that's the best case scenario. Is to end up right yeah. back where they were. That's Mitch McConnell's best case scenario is to pour money into those elections only to find himself exactly back where he was the day before the election when it was 50-50 with a tiebreaker of a Democratic vice president. Yes. But if the Democrats win it, then they have a very, very slim yeah. majority. Yeah, and we're, um, we're, although we're going to talk, we're going to talk about the implications once okay. we get once we get through um, uh, each of the institutions' elections. So, so, so then the one, House. So that uh, the Senate's one House of the United States Congress. The second is the House of Representatives. Every two years, Nia, all four hundred and thirty-five seats are contested. Yeah, I don't understand people who say we need term limits. You get a term limit. Every two years, you get a term limit. <laughs> yeah, if anything- and you could wipe that out and start completely over. We could we could not send even one incumbent back to the Congress, and it would just be like a giant free-for-all where people try to figure out what that means. Well, and if anything, you could complain, Americans have too many opportunities yeah. to engage in term limits. I mean, because let's <laughs> face it, you know, um, listeners, me and I uh, live in the Commonwealth of Virginia, the state of Virginia. Um, we basically vote every year in this state. Right. Presidential election. There's an off-off election. <laughs> okay, there's so the midterm. There's the off election. There's the, we, yeah. we, we have statewide elections. We vote every year here in Virginia. Yeah, we just right? happily go to the polls every Okay. So, 435 November. seats. Before the election, the Democratic Party had an eight-seat advantage. So basically, um, the Republicans had to flip five seats to regain control of the House. And um, as of late <laughs> last week, and we're recording this um, uh, November 21st, uh, the Republican Party actually has reached majority status. Uh, they have 218 out of 235. The Democratic Party, it's been announced, has 212, which means, correct my math, there were five seats that were still not called by state election officials. Right. And at least a couple of those will go Republican. At least a couple of those will go Democrat. Democratic. We're not going to see a change in the, even if Democrats won all five, they still would not be the majority. That, that is correct. Yeah. So we now have a change in the, in the, in the House of Representatives, Representative. which has gone from Democrat control to Republican control. And bless his heart, Kevin McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, 
is going to have to solve that problem, just like Nancy Pelosi had to solve that problem for the last few years. He's going to find out, just like she found out, that their parties are made of cats. Okay, hold on. Trying to get cats into bags. Listeners, Mia wants to go right for the implications. We oh, I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but, okay. But, so but, then but, the, but hold on. To your point, you know, Nia, what we have is the two chambers of our federal government's legislative body, okay, are divided. Right. Okay. Controls divided. But House even, Republican, Senate Democrat. Democrat. But even within the chambers, you're talking about narrow margins, right? You, you, you want a good example, listeners, if you want a really good example of how divided Americans are politically right, right. Now, okay, you can't, the numbers, you can't get any more divided, divided than okay. these numbers. Like, yes, okay. Just by just focusing on the sheer aggregate numbers, okay, political scientists are just like, wow. Right. Yes. Half plus one. That's what's in the House. Half yes. plus one. That's what's in the Senate. Yes. Like okay. literally, it is the least possible margin. <laughs> yes. Right. That you could have. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, in this, how are we doing in the governors? Okay. So um, uh, also uh, this November, um, thirty-six out of fifty governors' seats were being contested. Of those 36, 20 had been controlled by the Republicans, 16 had been controlled by the Democratic Party. Prior to this election, of those 50, Democrats had control of 22, Republicans had control of 28. And, this, and again, we're talking about governor positions. These are the chief executive officers of the states. Right. They are the state equivalents of presidents, okay? Right. So, and they have usually in most states quite a bit of, you know, authority to implement legislation. You know, they have their- They have own, a veto power within their have, authority, within yeah, their states. Uh, in regards to- we yeah. allow that for state. Governors uh, can veto state legislatures stuff. but budgets. Right. Which, I mean- a, Presidents would love to have that power, but <laughs> when Congress gave the president that power during the Clinton administration, the Supreme Court said it was unconstitutional. Right? Okay. So you know, governors governors are pretty important at state at the state level, right? After these elections, Nia, Democrats picked up two governors' uh, seats, which meant the Republicans lost two. And again, you're talking about a really close division. It is half plus one. One, right? Okay. I mean, 24 Democrats, 26 Republicans. So the country is literally half plus one, one. in okay. everything. So, you know, listeners, you know, one of the themes of this podcast episode a divided country, right? right. Or you can go with half plus one, right? <laughs> And and, and this that is, is this is a different plus one, by the way. Right? And that is not the kind of that means that what we will have will be 
divided government continuing forward in the yeah. same way that we have had sort of partisan divided government. There will be very few issues where anybody will have a clear win. It will be, yeah, you won, but you won by two votes or a vote or whatever. Like it won't be. Uh, now, that being really said, it does mean it, 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 there is the possibility of pe what they call peeling off various members to get support for certain things like we we do know that that's happened in the past and it will continue to happen with with some legislation some legislation will pass because members of the other party will get in line with it because they agree with it or whatever that doesn't happen as much as it used to Nia, and that's what one of the unfortunate things with how polarized the country is right, right? Uh, because you now have this phenomenon to where if you actually are, say, for instance, a member of the Senate, and you peel off and vote for the opposition party's you know, bill, you have this phenomenon to where you might actually get primaried in your next election. On your own side, right? Yeah, where somebody people, more, yeah, more, more, whatever it is, either more Republican or more Democrat than you yeah. are, or so they claim. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and it sends a pretty clear message. We don't want your, any moderates around here. Yeah. You better march in lockstep with the rest of the party or we're going to come after you. Or else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so House implications, as I said, oh. Kevin McCarthy is now going to be hurting a, a similar type of cats. A, a yeah. different group of cats than Nancy Pelosi did for years. And I'm sure there's a part of her that is that wants to hand him the gavel and say, okay, it's your turn, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you get to see how this works. You have think fun. it's so easy. Have fun Good luck. With yeah, have fun, have fun <laughs> with this, Kevin. Yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah, in listeners, Nia's referencing uh, the outgoing uh, Speaker of the House was Nancy Pelosi. Um, and she just completed her um, uh, second term, um, and she was our, you know, first uh, female Speaker of the House of Representatives. But, I mean, she's acknowledged publicly that the second, her second term as Speaker was much more difficult than her first, simply because her party um has a, polarized yeah right and in in likewise you know kevin mccarthy um, <laughs> he's got to manage he's got to manage what we think of as quote quote normal republicans right conservative you know mainstream established mainstream guys who've been around forever men and women who've been around forever he's got to manage them but he also has to manage you know marjorie taylor green right you know, lauren uh uh Boebert. Boebert. Right. Okay. Um, the, the more fringy end of his his caucus of his yeah. caucus in a similar way that nancy pelosi had had you, had you to know manage you know aoc right on the, on, on the far left side in somebody like abigail spanberger who, who is a more moderate democrat right, right. Okay. so so it, it will be uh yeah what do you think they'll do legislation wise well, I mean, what do you think their first priority is? Oh, I think they're going to uh, uh, set up a number of investigations of the Biden administration. I mean, this is, um, uh, you know, the Republican Party, with a few notable exceptions, 
uh, did not think the House of Representatives should have set up a committee to review what happened on January 6th in the Capitol. Um, they are still upset that the House drew up articles of impeachment three different times with Donald Trump. So they're going to go after the Democrats president. They're going to spend a lot of time doing that. Um, so I, 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 I expect to so see. So Hunter Biden needs to have his all his ducks in a row. I think Hunter, he's about to be. Uh, I think Hunter Biden better go ahead and uh, retain a really good law firm in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. listeners, we're talking about uh, President Biden's uh, son, Hunter Biden, uh, where. Um, uh, right. Because coming directly after Joe Biden will be more complicated. Yes. But Hunter Biden has opened himself up to problematic. Yep. I mean, he's had some problematic behaviors. To allegations uh, that he yeah. that he drew upon um, his dad's name to set up uh, business contacts and work overseas. Right. Um, so they'll they'll investigate him for that. Okay. The other thing that you're going to see here, and again, this goes back to our theme of divided government. Any legislation that gets through the United States Senate when it is proposed in the House will, won't go anywhere. I mean, I, I see... Uh, this next Congress, this next session of Congress, producing very little or next to no meaningful public policy um, uh, uh, for the country. I mean, Isn't, wasn't there a Congress called the Do Nothing Congress or the uh, Know no, that Nothing? Was the, that was the Do Nothing Party. Okay. But okay. Nevertheless, uh, we've had various presidents who have accused Congress of being populated with do-nothings. Um, you know, Harry Truman said that, for instance, uh, about a Congress, which interestingly enough, was controlled by his own party. <laughs> well, and and a thing to keep in mind here going forward um, is that the it, the more that Congress does not act, the more the president will act either through executive order or through, right? Um, Agency regulations, yes. Right. Yeah. So uh, all yeah. that does is push push that to a different agency. It's, it's yeah, aggravating. Then, I mean, a and, different and then, uh, part yeah, of the was, government. Which is yeah, that was my, yeah, that was the next um, uh, implication I was going to make. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 that's all right. I mean, it's a really good point. Um, and this is something that we've discussed uh, on this podcast a number of times. Um, if you want to understand why so many modern presidents, but particularly recent presidents, Obama, Trump, Biden, have uh, seemingly tended to govern by pen and phone, you know, executive orders, agency regulations, it's because the Congress is so divided, right? Right. And you're a president, and at most, you have eight years. Are and you, you got to get stuff done. You yes. went into that job for the purpose of getting stuff, stuff done. done. You honestly believe that there are things you need to do. And so, so if, if they're going to be recalcitrant, then you just pull out your executive order pen and start signing pieces of paper. and Which then leads to another, if you will, institutional behavior that we've seen with some regularity. 
which is when President Biden does that, it will get challenged in federal court. And increasingly, federal judges are skeptical of the executive branch initiating significant policy change without congressional authority. So, you know, it is a vicious cycle. Right. Which could all get addressed if you actually had members of Congress who are willing to, you know, sacrifice perhaps their political careers by cooperating with people across the partisan, the metaphorical partisan aisle. But I which, don't, I'm not- Which projecting. is what Liz Cheney did. Yeah, and I'm not projecting that because, you know, she got primaried out of the Republican Party. Right. Okay. So I, there, yeah. you know, never forget that the, that an elected official's prime driver is to be reelected. Yes. That's mm-hmm. their prime driver. They'll do that before they eat, before they sleep, before they drink, before they reproduce they everything like the, else. Because if they like the job, they will do what most of us who are, who like their jobs. Anything we, to keep it. That's right. We will do those things necessary to keep it. So in, in terms of the Senate, um, even if the Democrats, um, if Senator Warnick wins the runoff in Georgia, um, it's going to be a narrow majority. So unless the Democrats get rid of the filibuster for all legislation, whose world are we going to be living in in regards to the United States Senate, Nina? Well, see, I think you think it's Manchin and um, Cinema. Yes. But I'm going to push back on that a little bit and say that if Warnock wins, it releases some of that pressure. Because it's one, it's one vote. It's one it, vote. It's one yeah. vote, but Manchin has been, has run the Senate now for the last little while. And I think his time may be, I don't know, well, I think his can, time may be short. You can go ahead and hope. Um, I, 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 got, I got feelings on that. I got feelings on that. The other thing, um, you're, gonna, the other thing you're gonna see the Senate actually do, uh, because the filibuster has been removed for, um, judicial and executive branch nominations is the Biden administration, particularly with judicial nominations, is just going to forward a whole bunch of judicial nominations to fill vacancies. I mean, this may end up being Joe Biden's legacy, even if he only serves one term, because the filibuster doesn't exist for any judicial nominations. um, That may be his only legacy. Okay. All right. Now let's move on to the states. With the governorships and state legislative seats um, controlled more by the Democrats, but overall, the Republican Party still has a narrow control in the number of states, but also the number of legislative state legislative seats. What I predict is going to happen is we're going to have even more very pitched, controversial policy debates at the state level. And the Supremes would love that because they think all of that belongs at the state level anyway. That's right. That the more local the politics, the better. Yeah, that's right. Um, So they will be booting things back to the states instead of making those decisions, probably. There will be any cases that make their way to the Supremes. It will be like, no, y'all have to solve it. 
because this is a state issue. And and what you're I think what you're really going to see a continuance of Nia is either we don't get significant policy either at the federal or state level to resolve some of our more intractable public policy problems, or we get short-term solutions. So as one party, for instance, controls a state, uh, they enact a policy, but if the next party comes in, they will go ahead and retract right. the policy. So you'll have these huge swings, swings in public policy and Again, listeners, long time. That'll make it super easy on the citizens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is this legal? I don't know. It was legal yesterday, but I don't know if it's legal today. Like, that's it, it, really, for us who vote in in yearly elections, elections yeah. our elections are going to swing even more dramatically. Yeah, and, and, and as long-term listeners of this podcast know, when you get that kind of oscillation, in public policy, it usually does not yield positive results because you don't get the change. So right. you don't know what is nothing's working. permanent, right? Because yeah, you don't know what's working or what's not working, because most public policies usually take mul you know multiple years to make a difference in addressing the problem. So, so give me some math. Ah, let's talk about some uh, exit some statistics. Yeah, exit poll data. All right. So, Nia, which gender mo uh, voted most for the Democratic Party? Women. Yep. And which gender voted most? Well, for the Republicans. Men. Men. Um, Sixty percent of all Caucasians voted for the Republican Party. Um, Eighty percent of African Americans voted for Democratic Party candidates. 60% of Latinos and Asian Americans voted Democratic. By the way, that's probably the most notable change. Is that, that lower? That is lower than in previous elections. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Democrats have a problem with their, with their uh, minority voters slipping away. Yeah, particularly those two subpopulations. Yep. Yep. Uh, Nia, they should think about that. Yes. Nia, 18 to 29 year olds voted for which? Uh, oh, the party? Democrats. Yes, they did. Now things get a little bit more closely divided. Uh, 30 to 44 year olds, 52% of them voted Democratic. So you get, it gets a little bit closer. All other age groups, so basically 45 until, you know, <laughs> dead, dead, 55% of them voted Republican. <laughs> okay, but again, 55-45, we're talking about very divided. Yes, yes, yep, yep, yep. Um, by the way, um, continuing a trend. Only 13% of midterm voters were under the age of 30. Yes. Hey, young people, y'all need to get out and vote. Yeah. We, um, I don't care who you vote for. You just need to vote. That's yeah. the only, that, that's the way you earn your right to complain. Yes, because uh, listeners, me and I both were raised in families where the mantra was, if you don't vote. You can't you complain. 
You cannot complain. Uh, by the way, in my family, they were a little bit more profane with that particular phrase. <laughs> a couple yep. other stats you might be interested in. And again, this is a really good example of how divided this country is. Less than 3% of self-identified party loyalists, loyalists, okay, crossed party lines. And independents were almost just as divided, okay? Yeah. So people aren't crossing part party lines, right? I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised that given the partisanship and the divide in this country that we really aren't coming down 50, 50, 50, 50, like <laughs> yeah, we're mean, pretty close, close to- Yeah, 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 we are. You know? One of the big recent shifts, and this has been pretty much in the last 10 to 12 years, is the shift in the political parties on the category of education. Nearly 54% of all college graduates voted Democrat. Conversely, nearly 55% of non-college graduates voted Republican. As recently as 2008, those percentages were flipped. Interesting. The okay. Democratic Party is becoming the, the party of college graduates. graduates, where the Republican Party is appealing more to non-college graduates. Okay. And you, and you really see this, okay, 2016, the presidential election of Hillary Donald Clinton Trump. versus Donald Trump. Yeah. Yes. Most important issues to Democratic voters, and these weren't even close. Abortion and gun, gun control. Abortion and gun control. Most important issues to Republican voters. And again, these were the top three. And then all other issues really fell off. Immigration, inflation, and crime. Yes. That's pretty consistent. with Yes. That yes. actually is pretty consistent from previous elections. Yes. Right? Yep. Those yep. tend to be the dividing issues for those groups anyway. Uh, before we wrap up, can I just make one little tiny comment, which I have observed now after having listened to all of this? Yes. Anybody who's declaring a run for the presidency right now is bananas. <laughs> Why would you want to try to work with this level of division? I mean, really, all that all that is is just one giant headache after another after another. Uh, if I were... I know that in in at the time of recording, Donald Trump has declared, and I think more or less Joe Biden has declared sort of, I don't know, kind of vaguely. But either one of those people, I'm like, you could just be retired. Why would you want to deal with? Well, I mean, in think about such divided. Think about this Nina. government. Let's say Joe Biden runs for re-election in 2024, and he gets re-elected. And then he goes ahead and says, okay, um, I want to work with, let's say Mitch McConnell is still around, right? I want to work with Mitch McConnell in the Senate and Kevin McCarthy in the House and come up with a proposal to deal with climate change or immigration. Now, first of all, the Republicans wouldn't trust such overtures, right? right. 
but people in his own party would basically go ahead and want to have his scalp on social media. Right. I mean, who, who? No side is going to be on your side. Who thinks that that would be a good way to go ahead and spend, okay, basically you're, you know what, he just turned 80, so he'll be 82, okay? If, yeah, you're he, mid-80s. Really, is that what you want to do? And this, Donald Trump is, in, that would be his 80s as well, although well, early 80s, I think. But. Yeah, early 80s, but this is the way you want to go ahead and spend. Yeah, just retire. Oh my goodness. Leave this, leave this to people who, well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know who you'd leave this to because at this point I would leave this to literally to my worst enemy. Sure. If, if I had a worst enemy, which I really don't, I don't have good enemies because I'm not particularly exciting enough to have good enemies. But if I had a good enemy, this is what I would do. I would make them president of the United States. You know what? You can deal with that. You can deal with all this division and difficulty and and well, I, you know nia i have students the hurting of you know i have students who say you know professor augenball wouldn't you love to be you know president of the united states <laughs> under no circumstances in, in general my answer is no but after the 2022 midterm elections okay my answer is an emphatic are you crazy right <laughs> okay Right. 535 nutcases. No, thanks. I'm good. I, mean, I don't, I mean, I don't I, want to try this. You know, I like to get stuff done. I shouldn't say they're nutcases. They're no, not. I mean, they're not, not, not necessarily nutcases. And many, and many of them are well-meaning. Really? That's okay. the. Okay. But you know, I like to get stuff done. Right. Right. I'm goal oriented. Okay, I would these, really struggle right now to be president of the United States. These are not conditions that lead to the kind of compromise you need to get stuff done in the American democratic regime, right? They're just not. Right. So, you know, for folks like you or me, Nia, where, you know, we're like, okay, here's my to-do list. Okay. Did I, did I get this stuff done? I mean, I'd be driven bonkers. Right. <laughs> right. I'd have a list. This is how it would go. And I know we need to wrap up, but this is me as president, right? I come in and I sit down at my big desk in the Oval Office. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I with the nice out, in front and, and I it, pull out right? and I open the drawer and I pull out the list of things to do today. And I look down the list and there's like 30 things on the list, right? And I and I um and I would have to go, can't do that one, can't do that one, can't do that one, can't do that one, can't do that Question one. And then, mark. I would, Question and then mark. I would say, huh. And I would take the list and I put it back in the drawer and I would go over and lay down on one of the couches and take a nap. Because what would be the point? Like, I, I appreciate their willingness to serve and their desire to serve. Yes. But I, part of me wants to say, my dudes, you, this is just a mess. And neither one of those is a particular, particularly uniting figure. No, no. Right? No. The, so, I, and I'm not trying to be ugly to either either gentleman, but so far... There has not been a uniter that has no. that has declared. Now, if we get one, that might be interesting. But yeah. I don't know if there's even a uniter who could do that at this point. Yeah, I mean, and 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 again, you know, the voters, you know, some of you know, some of this is on the voters, right? We keep on reelecting people who, you know, I'm not going to work across the aisle. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> that's what you want. 
and that's getting yeah. me reelected. And that's on us. So we got to stop doing that. You know, so we got to force these people. We got to bend these people to our will. So I, you know, I was kind of sort of hoping, you know, to be able to go ahead and have, you know, more positive things to say about the midterms. <laughs> um, but uh, alas, many of my fears were borne out. Um, and that's where we are. So. Okay. Well, thanks for the in the news and um, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye, Nia.